Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jokes on Icon versus Icon writer Dylan Lyles as he's joining us again for yet another April Fool's horror. Uh, this admittedly better film reminds us how terrible the 80s was. So <laughs> perm your hair, throw on your white sister album, and pledge to your favorite frat house because we're talking about 1986's Killer Party this week on Horror Movie Night. Uh, Scott, you picked this one. I've never even heard of this movie until this very moment that we that you said, hey, watch this movie. And... Uh, if nothing else, thank you for introducing White Sister into my life because, well, man. So, so first of all, for Killer Party newbies, can I just say you're welcome? Uh, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, White Sister has shown up. And I forgot to to do this to check this out, but they have been on other uh, movies that we've had on our, our podcast before. So prolific. They're a prolific horror no, film band. They were, I think they were just like the cheap enough journey knockoff that, <laughs> that people were like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get a uh, white sister on here. God damn it. Where's the, cause like I'm on discogs, but, but, but they've shown up before on, on horror movie night picks. And um, every time they come up, I'm like, that's white sister. Cause I know them from, Killer Party, because this movie, if nothing else, is awesome for having not one but two fake out intros. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so I I wrote down this note. It just seems like this is a very contrived music video. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they decided to do that. Like, like let's imagine you're watching MTV and this music video comes on, you would be. 
so annoyed because no offense to White Sister, but they are not Michael Jackson. They don't get to have they don't get to five, do a thriller. Yeah, they don't get to have a five minute horror movie intro before a single note of the song is played. Like, well, so we got to talk about the intro to the intro. So the intro is the sequel to Rawhead Rex, actually. Where the, uh, the I love this this uh, this pastor this this preacher whatever he, he he's like. He he says his his things and and he seems kind of flamboyant, not a big deal, but I, he's just a funny character. And then he finishes his little his little um, eulogy, which is literally three sentences, and it's just three people that are there. And then he's quiet for a second, and nobody moves, and he goes, "Well, that's it." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's how every funeral should end. And, but then um, we get a weird little upskirt panty shot as Stephanie, the daughter is getting dragged into the coffin by her like supposedly undead mom. Um, it, it just is so very odd. The intro to this movie is just so odd and I, I love it. This movie is great. But so then it, you're like, Oh wow. I'm watching an intro to a movie. I'm watching a movie in a movie. And you see this girl, April who has surprisingly sexy pink crimped hair. And uh, she's in the car and her boyfriend is like inching his hand up towards her for JJ. She like pushes his hand off. He's like, April, just tell me what you want. She's like, um, popcorn. And he's like, I'll get it. She's like, no, no, I'll get it. And so she goes in and uh, I love how in the 80s, every prolific like pizza shop, popcorn, whatever the fuck, they all are 50s style. They all look like 50s diners. It was so good. <laughs> Um, and so, so she goes into this 50s style diner that is apparently the uh, concession stand, but it's gigantic and there's no one there. And she's like, hello, paying customer here. And then she, um, steals popcorn, but she like gets a gigantic thing of popcorn. She's going to die over 75 cents of popcorn. Like back in 1986 or 87, when this movie came out, um, yeah, that wasn't very much popcorn, <laughs> like money wise. Um, but then, so she goes back. And her boyfriend is no longer in the car. And then zombie boyfriend shows up and she's like, ah, and then the music kicks in and they're the Kmart journey. Like white sister was straight up Kmart journey. And, and I love the fact that the synth player does like the Van Halen kick on the, like the side of his synth. He's like standing there. He's like playing the synth. He's tickling the ivories. And then he's like, kick. And he's like tickling the ivories, like kick. It's ridiculous. And, and they're all balding. Like they have male pattern baldness, but their hair is so long on the sides. Uh, it's the Michael Bolton. Then, then you have like, um, synchronized zombie dancing. And I really, I, I don't know. Did you guys figure out by the end of the movie, the answer to this question, April, why do you play the fool? <laughs> <laughs> Because she's no fool. That, that's how great and shitty this song is. Like, first of all, this song rules, and I would totally love to do a cover of it. But secondly, I'm pretty positive that they're rhyming fool with fool. It's April, why do you play the fool? And he's like, April, you're no fool. Like, you're just rhyming the same word with the same word. Whatever. That, I mean, that's song brilliant, rules. though, because it subverts normal songwriting. <laughs> Right, exactly. It's like how, you know, you can never rhyme anything with orange. You can never rhyme anything with fool. Yeah. 
you tool. Yeah, there's no, there's <laughs> never been a word that we've been trying to figure out yeah. how to rhyme fool for years. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's, it's almost as mysterious as why April decides to play the fool. <laughs> anyway. So, um, it turns out that the, that one of the main survivor girls is actually just watching a music video before school. But she's living at home with mom and her mom's like, come on, it's time for school. But no, it's not high school. She's in fucking college. <laughs> also, stop saying stop that. saying the word school because that word can't exist because it rhymes with fool. <laughs> so, oh, shit. <laughs> this is an alternate re- reality, alternate universe where, where there's no word that rhymes with fool. So they're going to the institution of learning. Um <laughs> So, so her two girlfriends show up and they're all bubbly as hell. And the one's like, Oh, I, I'm on a diet. And then this other girl's like, Oh, come on, have a Danish. She like smushes this Danish in the girl's face. Um, and so they, they like get on their bikes to go to the fucking sorority house. And they're like, oh, uh, We they- need to talk about the music at this exact moment. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, uh, all right. Wait, Matt, Matt, can I sing please it? Please do, because before you sing it, I want to say, that this song sounds so much like the Japanese rendition of Bicycle Built for Two that's heard in the Revenge of the Nerds movie. <laughs> that, like <laughs> It shattered my brain when it was happening. The Best Times of Our Lives is performed by Scott Roger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are the best times of our lives. <laughs> now we're on our own. That's how that song Daisy, sounds. Daisy, <laughs> Yeah, so... It's like they, this is the only part of the movie that they didn't use cocaine for. It was almost as if they're like, all right, well, we started with that crazy loud heavy metal. We've really got to tone it down for this next dude. Can you say that <laughs> White Sister is one loud and two heavy uh, metal? Because those were two things I would never look, call them. I'm doing it from the perspective of a movie exec who's like 50. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, this yeah. is where the movie started to disappoint me for a second. I love the movie. I really do. But that song kicked on. And then I realized that this movie did not get all of their songs from White Sister. No, we only got the one, sadly. I was like, do we have another trick or treat on our hands? I was like, that is no. one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, Fastway. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know what? The, the the soundtrack for this movie, and I think a, a big reason why this movie isn't very well known is because um, it just doesn't fire on all cylinders. You know, it's very uneven, but I don't care. I love this film. I, and, and for listeners, like this is the first time Matt and Dylan have heard of or watched killer party this is my third watch now um and i i just think it's a it's a blast uh also we only have three april fool's movies uh in the history of horror so obviously april fool's day and then we have slaughter high and killer party that's all we have so the fact that 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 i had to wait for three years to finally blow my load on this one is uh pretty pretty shocking because you know i like my um holiday appropriate horror so uh the the, that that best times of our life song is kind of like a really toned down version of the it's him song by wednesday weekend in slumber party massacre 2 you know like i i wish that this movie had the entertainment value from the musical perspective as slumber party massacre 2 because goddamn that movie is just so good (laughs) This no, no one's gonna agree with me. <laughs> All right, so I'm just gonna. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second, guys. 
<laughs> Let's go. Got another round. <laughs> so I do have a note. I didn't write a ton of notes for this movie, mostly because I was just in. I wrote. So, how did you not have so many it's, notes? This happens every single time because when it's a movie that I don't have to write the actual like plot line oh, for, okay, okay. I just get sucked in, and then I'm like, oh shit, I should write some things down. Um, but one of my notes just says, so far I like the movie, but it seems to just be teasing me into maybe turning into a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what this movie does. It, it teases you twice. That's the April Fool's like joke I, of this Like, film. I literally thought that the April Fool's joke was going to be that it just wasn't a heart movie. Like, it just, like, that it just turned into a delightful little romp about a bunch of kids at a party. It, it's fucking Porky's, but it's, like, eventually a, a Evil Dead movie. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that. So, the Porky's part of it is these, so, so it's, it's Halloween, right? This is also is this a Canadian film? I don't think it is, but they they get their timelines really wrong because you don't rush a sorority in October. It's January. You you like finally you do rush week and then you get uh you you get into the the frat or sorority in like January after you come back from winter break, whatever. Because they they like the div members. It is Canadian. <laughs> Okay, well, that explains, that explains a lot. Uh, but the, the like the active members court freshmen in fall semester, and then once they get nominations and all this shit, then they get their class that they haze the fuck out of when it's cold out. I know this because I dated a girl who was in a sorority, and we started dating right after she got initiated and she told me all she was like you're not supposed to tell anybody this but these are the things that they made us do and it was like the most ridiculous stuff that like just you know i'm so glad i'm a nerd yeah. we talked about this last week but i'm so glad i'm yeah. a nerd because yeah. like it made me have some level of fucking self-respect that i would never be like i am so hard up to be in this group of people that i will debase myself like this because the shit that they do in this movie, like, is not that weird for initiation. As I'm looking at this dude's credits, by the way, just to find out if he was Canadian or not, he also made the movie Spasms and something called Blue Monkey that I hear the people on Shockwaves, like, rave about. Uh, but more importantly, he directed 27 episodes of Goosebumps and two episodes of Animorphs. <laughs> <So>. Wow! <laughs> just wow, dude. <laughs> I could see the connection. This movie, there's a straight Animorphs connection. So the girls are pledging this sorority. And then the one girl, I don't even remember which one it is. It's like, I'm suddenly not so sure about this whole, so the, I'm not so sure this whole sorority thing is such a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, they're a terrible idea. But then the other girl is like, sororities are the wet dream of this school. Really? Like, really? What school is this? What college is this that they know? Whatever. Anyway, moving on, we get a great bit of TNA by these frat douches who decide to put bees in the backyard um, of this of the sorority house where all these girls it's it's Halloween, right? It's like Halloween week and the girls are in the hot tub nude. Whatever. I'm not really going to get into the logistics of why that doesn't make sense because we do get to see some nudity fair enough but these fuckers these these frat dudes are just like they just remind me that fraternities are so much about toxic masculinity and that like these guys are like 
sex offenders. They're they're videotaping yeah. naked girls against their will, against their um, uh, w- without their consent. Like consent is sexy. Anybody that's listening, if you are in college, ask for consent. Anytime you're going to take naked pictures or have sex with anybody or put your hand down their pants or possess them in a house that has been run down for 30 years, just get consent. All right. All right. That was my PSA. Moving on. The house mother is like, oh, I almost got stung by bees and then I I jumped in a, a hot tub, but I'm all dry now and I'm going to go visit the frat house where my brother died and his body is buried in the backyard for some reason. And then she gets paddled to death by, I'm guessing, someone who's possessed by her brother's uh, spirit. But, like, why would your brother kill you if you come and see him all the time? I don't know. I, I, I don't have any dead siblings. I can't speak to that. I don't. You're, I don't. You're either. poking holes in one of your. <laughs> you're poking holes in one of your favorite movies, man. I, I never said <laughs> I'm saying he's my favorite April Fool's. Which movie. Uh, the other right, thing, right. one, one, one more like weird thing that I mean, maybe it's only weird to me, but this Slaughter High and April Fool's Day all released in 1986, all made by a Canadian horror company. So they were like, <laughs> they were really banking on April Fool's being like the day. <laughs> this is our time, guys. Um, so, so uh, in, in any case, it didn't work out well for any of these companies, but we did get some entertaining watch once every couple years type horror. Although I've watched this three years in a row, so whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so... One of the hazing rituals that these girls get is that they have to say, I myself prefer a big fat cucumber, which is not that like, okay, everybody knows you're rushing. Why would they care and think it's embarrassing and funny if you are saying something about how you like to masturbate with a big cucumber? Like, it's just such, it's such drivel. Anyway, whatever. So the one girl I realized kind of looks like Sigourney Weaver. Did you guys get that? The girl with I can the shortish it. brown hair, like the Bob. It's got kind of a Sigourney Weaver thing going on. Oh man, but they're all 30 years old. And then the Dr. Zito <laughs> character is in something else that we've discussed. Like I I want to say that he's in Chopin Yeah, He's Mall. in Chopin. He's a very famous actor in He's like a C well, But like actor. he's in, like in heart because he did uh Eating Raul, which was like a big like it was like one of those big grindhouse, like midnight movies. So because of that, Roger mm. Corman would put him in pretty much everything. But yes, he's in the opening okay. scene of Chopping Mall. Him and his writing yeah. partner are the people who are like uh, snootily commenting on the robots. Yeah, they're like, mm, yes, these robots. He's no, also, no, no, no. yeah, also hint, hint for future pick. Uh, he's also the usher that gets Hulk Hogan in Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hogan, they're all gremlins in the theater. (laughs) So I feel like this Dr. Zito character is his most toned down character. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't have his snooty accent in this in this scene. This is the only character that's just a normal like this. So this felt like something he auditioned for. While all the other roles are just like, hey, let's get that eating raw guy. (laughs) (laughs) I could be that, you know, like I I will be okay being like the, hey, let's get that Z level actor to just do like a couple lines in our movie. 
I could be that guy. You mean like spoken anyway. lines, right? <laughs> I am. I am good enough looking that I could be in a movie, Matt. Don't even try to tell me that I couldn't. This face is chiseled <laughs> from marble. This jawline. <laughs> Speaking of jawlines, we we so the girls are then told to they get kicked out of class like they're told to do because um, that makes sense, and then they're told to go and steal from the fraternity and uh, steal like sweatshirts or something so they go to the frat house and the the one girl gets like propositioned by blake who's dressed up for a stupid jump scare and he takes off the mask or whatever i think that's right then and and she's talking to him and he like does the block your away with my arm move you know and then she's like i can't we came for a kiss and she, and then so he like kisses her and i'm like blake you need a fucking shave dude because he looks like he's trying that that uh don johnson thing where he just doesn't shave for three days at a time yeah 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 but it's the, pretty so, gross. So he, yeah he sucks and then we get what martin who is easily easily the most annoying person that we've discussed in weeks weeks <laughs> He's like he's like this random stalker that so so the blonde girl that doesn't wear the glasses I think her name is Jessica I want to say so she is like back at her really nice single dorm room or maybe she's in the sorority house I don't know but so she she like gets into a nighty and takes off her panties like she legitimately takes off her panties and they're just like on the floor or on the dresser or something. And then Martin like pushes his way into her room and is like sits on the bed and he's like pats the side of the bed. Like we're going to sit on the bed. And she's like, get the fuck out of my room. And he's like, fine, bitch. You know, he's like trying <laughs> to nag her into like sleeping with him. It's they're sober. First of all, it's like 2 PM on a weekday. There's no way that you're going to ply this woman with any sort of desire to have sex with you because you are a non-attractive man. Like, even if she's feeling, like, up for a pity fuck, not happening, Martin. So, anyway, he just sucks so much. But then he, like, so the girls all get, um, they they get initiated and they, uh, but then then they, uh, Vivia, the, the blonde with the glasses, um, who is equally obnoxious, but in a charming way, I suppose, she does this, like, prank and the only reason that she gets in gets into the sorority is because they're going to make her do that prank for the april fools party that they're going to throw with the frat at the abandoned old frat house thus the way that we get from october all the way to april 1st so um in that time martin has ingratiated himself with Vivia somehow and she is all about trying to get him to like her when all he wants to do is stare at Jessica still and I'm like Vivia you have way more going on for you you don't need to debase yourself like slum it with this guy he like sucks like everybody hates this guy she's in the coolest sorority on campus why is she banging this dude Vivia you are an independent woman right you take care of yourself girl yeah, yeah, she needs to she needs to put that vag on lock and save it for someone worth it like that guy with the chiseled jaw at the party. Anyway, so so um all the work is going into this this April Fools party and um they, they I I guess they have the in, 
the the next like three months to get ready for April Fools. And um, the, then the, it's the day before the party or the day of the party. And it's the middle of the afternoon and Martin and Vivia are making out in his car or her car or somebody's car. It's like a, it's a, it's a, um, a convertible. And <laughs> these, this is, these are some lines here. This is, these are legit lines in this movie, which is why I like it. Not, it's not, a, it's, it's not good, but I love it because they just realize that they're making a bullshit scene and they love it. And so he goes, Vivian, Vivian, you taste so sensuous. And she goes, and she goes, you're so sexy. And Martin goes, I know. And then she goes, Oh, Martin, touch me. And he goes, where there? And she, or no, he goes, where? And she goes there. And he goes, where there? And she goes, yes, there. And I'm like, who's on third base? <laughs> Oh, okay. So um, now that I got my good joke out for the podcast, um, the, the party starts. And, oh, 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 one last line from that scene because Martin has his hand down her pants. He's touching pubes, right? And then he stops and turns and looks at the window uh, where I believe Jessica and her boyfriend, or Blake maybe, are making out. Um, and he goes, is that Jessica's room? And and Vivia goes, Martin, do you know what the largest room in the world is? And I'm like, please don't say your vagina. And she goes, it's the room for improvement. <laughs> Oh man, this movie just is so great. <laughs> so great and it's ridiculous and shittiness. So now things really speed up and it stops being a comedy and starts being an actual slasher flick. So we get Dr. Zito for some reason. Oh, he's now in charge of the uh, Greek life on campus, I guess. And so he goes to this like abandoned frat house and gets the shit electrocuted out of himself right as the party is about to start. So uh, the party starts and sexy synth tunes start playing. And it's like, if white sister is Kmart journey, we get whoever this is. That's like Kmart Paula Abdul. And I'm, I'm totally cool with it. And, and we get like basically just party shots for 15 minutes and people are dressed up. And it's like, they keep talking about it. Like I'm it, calling it a masquerade party, but their faces are uncovered. That's not a masquerade party. That's just a costume party. So I don't know if this is different in, in, in Canada, but I've never once dressed up on, on uh, April Fool's Day. I've never, I, mean, I love any excuse to dress up in costume, but I've never had that opportunity. So I'm wondering if I need to go be a Canadian. I mean, I, I feel like you would blend in pretty well. I just don't like the cold. I, I basically like I could just go and live in like the very, very, very southernmost borough of Toronto, which is apparently a really fucking weird city. I'd probably be like, eh, that is too much for me. But you get to dress up on April Fool's Day. So then these bumblebee costumed oh. frat guys. <laughs> God, holy, holy they they were the ones boobs, filming. Right? They were the ones filming earlier. Yeah. They are no. the worst of the worst. They are the creepiest dudes. And like, I believe that there's a point where they're just like steering up girls skirts at the party and people are so drunk. They don't care. I don't know, but uh, I am so glad when the two of them die because they are the worst people in this movie. Just as, as far as like personality goes, they're just the worst. So they get their throats slashed and that's, Oh, oh, before that happens, I'm sorry. They were going to do the same prank with the guillotine in the basement and but then the frat bros have like a fight, a fake fight, and then one of them gets fake killed, and then they're like, ha, ah, fools, like April Fools. And like, 
that's awesome. How did you get that voice to go? And then Vivia's like, I didn't do any of that. And then shit gets real because it's really a, the house is haunted. There's this possessed spirit and um, people start getting murdered and people are also just like kind of filtering out of the party. It's kind of confusing there for a second. But then this one hot redhead is outside smoking, wasted. She's like, this party sucks. I'm going to go home. Nobody, everybody's drunk. And I'm thinking like, when I was in college, wasn't that the point of of parties? It's just like to get shit faced. Like, why would you complain that the party is lame because people are doing exactly what the party is for. So anyway, Martin comes out. Oh, by the way, Martin's dressed like a woman and he's just like playing grab ass with everybody. And he's like, I want you. And he like runs after her because he wants to sexually assault someone in this movie somehow. Finally, because he can't just have consensual sex with Vivia. He has to just force himself onto a woman because he's that emasculated in general. So anyway, everybody gets murdered in, in, moderately interesting ways like somebody gets drowned in a bathtub and then another person gets their throat slit whatever and then um, another person gets a harpoon through them i think but then it turns out that jessica is possessed by the dead frat boy who's the brother of their dead house mother who i thought that we were supposed to find that body but you never find that body like that should have been like the but it never shows up maybe that was cut from the the movie at the end and then this movie goes straight Evil Dead, like I said earlier on. Um, last night, Dylan messaged us and was like, wow, the end of this movie, uh, is the, the, the demon is like a straight deadite. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. It is. <laughs> so, you know, if last week the second half of the movie was um, Happy Birthday to Me, the second half of this movie is absolutely Evil Dead 2 because it's like she jumps on the ceiling and she's like spitting everywhere and she's just like i'll swallow your soul and then uh she gets knocked out of a window and then it, the she she's like i can only hold her back for so long and the, so uh the sigourney weaver lookalike stabs her through the chest and then she and vivia are like we made it and then um nope nope sigourney weaver is possessed now and then um, Vivia's like strapped to a gurney getting taken away and they like put her in the ambulance with the the other remaining girl who is found by police standing over the impaled corpse of her best friend like why is she not in handcuffs <laughs> so I, I that that's that's killer party it's a really good really ridiculous time but it's really hard to explain this movie succinctly so i apologize to everybody listening and i thank you both for letting me kind of amble my way like cowboy stance wise you know like through the the plot because there's not like a whole lot of logic to it it's just weird (laughs) vignettes over and over again yeah yeah that's exactly what it's like uh, I just want to touch on the April Fool's assholes. Okay. And I find that to be a much better line oh, than yeah, the April yeah, Fool's yeah. fuckers from yeah, Slaughter okay. High. <laughs> so, so, Matt, if I still had Ichabod Crane and we were doing intros, it would definitely be this one instead of last week's. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey you. Do you like the Tales from the Crypt series? Do you like spooky things in general? Then check out the Good Evening Kitties podcast. That's Good Evening Kitties podcast. G-O-O-D-E-V-E-N-I-N-G-K-I-D-D-I-E-S podcast. Each week, I'll review a new episode from the TV series, The Tales from the Crypt. Find me on Podbay, Podbean, or iTunes. That's the Good Evening Kitties podcast. Check it out today. So what did you guys watch this week? I'll I'll kick it off as well uh, this week. Uh, Going on last week's theme of watching a recent comic book movie, I also watched Spider-Man Homecoming. And I loved it. It was great. What did you guys think? I really like it a lot, actually. (laughs) I love Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Going off last week... Uh, I think Spider-Man Homecoming is the best uh, comic book movie to come out of 2017. So, I mean, that's my favorite. Ooh. Well, how, what, what else was there? Uh, there was Logan and Spider-Man Homecoming. Guardians what else was of the there? Galaxy 2. Which would, oh, Guardians 2. Yeah. And Ragnarok. Ragnarok came out last year. Oh, and, Ra- and I haven't watched Ragnarok yet. Well, I, I will be hard. Pr- I guess I would have to say that, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming is the best from 2017, in my opinion. And I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. But it was just... I, I like Spider-Man a lot um, when it's done well. I really liked the Raimi Spider-Man. I, I mean, Spider-Man 2 was my favorite Spider-Man for a very long time, but I think that Spider-Man Homecoming might be better because it. I was genuinely surprised when the, like, the, the I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but, like, when you realize the naming convent why they named it homecoming oh yeah Um, yeah yeah. that was a i I, maybe i was just like kind of immersed in the movie and not thinking forward but i was like pretty shocked that that happened and and i was like oh damn i i should have seen that coming i love the fact that they have shocker in it um i love the fact that they have um that they bring in the battle of new york so much i loved the um i mean there were just so many little easter eggs in it just like in Logan yeah, that were kind of tailor made for someone who has grown up with the comic books. And it's, I'm not taking anything away from Raimi's Spider-Man films because I loved them. And I think that, I mean, really the doc Ock scene in Spider-Man two is the most Sam Raimi non-horror thing. It's basically a horror scene. And I loved that. Um, I just feel like this is kind of the most perfect encapsulation of both spider-man and peter parker Yeah, i was gonna say this is the best this is the best overall peter parker spider-man dynamic because i feel like i feel like with the sam raimi movies you had a really good peter parker but he he was just a guy in a suit when he was spider-man and then in the amazing the quips were good though the quips in raimi's spider-man are good i felt like as many issues as there were with the amazing spider-man films i think that that was the better actual spider-man character but then this one comes out and it's just like oh man he's he's the right dorky kind of teenager but he also is like a smart aleck and quippy and like it it just felt like exactly how i remembered reading spider-man for the first time well that's that's the thing they finally realize like oh hey spider-man is in high school like yeah. peter parker is yeah. in high school like he's a smart yeah. ass um, yeah, and I, I I also like the fact that he's not super OP. Like he's 
he's he's strong, but he's still kind of like getting stronger. And I love the fact that we don't have to watch his stupid backstory again. Like I'm so over origin stories. I love the fact that it's just two sentences when he's talking to his buddy. He's like his buddy's like, so you got bit by a spider? Did it hurt? It's like oh, that's man. all they had to do. I forgot we, how great his friend is too. The oh, guy in the chair. The fact that, <laughs> yeah, the guy in the chair. I love the fact that Donald Glover, who is Miles Morales in the um, in the cartoon, right? Yep. He's the voice of Miles Morales. Yep. I love the fact that he's in it. I love his scene when he's like, "Yo, you need to get better at this interrogation thing." And then he's like, "You know, sorry, Mister Criminal," because he's like. That all, that that web will dissolve in two hours. He's like, come on, man! I got I got ice cream in the back yeah. of the car. Uh, I lit up when I saw him, and honest to God, I am a huge fan of Glover. Like all his work, and I could go off hours talking about like Donald Glover history, but I won't. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I lit up when I saw his cameo. Um, all right, uh, Dylan, you have anything that you watched this week? Uh, yeah, actually, I watched three things this week. Um, Whoa. The first thing I watched was Joe Lynch's Mayhem. I heard that's great. Um, I've heard so much praise I, for that movie. I thought it was fucking fantastic. It was everything I wanted the Belko experiment to be. All right. I, I've been um, meaning to watch that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that on my fucking Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but it, it, who's who are the actors in that one? Because I think I saw it's the chick from The Babysitter. It. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so Glenn it's, it's from better Walking than Belko because I haven't watched the the I haven't watched watched Belko, but I I was like, you know, interested in both. I should I watch Belko and then watch Mayhem, or should I just watch Mayhem? I I mean, Belko is worth a watch. I know I know people that hated it. I know people that liked it. I don't like a movie that has no redeeming characters. And oh yeah, Belko, I wouldn't like that either. The Belko experiment. Um, there's like one redeeming character. And everybody hates him. So I'm like, all right, this this isn't making me happy. So I just wasn't happy when that movie ended. And the way that movie ends is it's very similar to. Did you guys see you guys saw Hateful Eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like Hateful Eight, but that movie ends and you're like, wow, none of this stuff could have happened and nothing would have changed. So it's the same. It's the same ending. Like, like it ends and you're like, all right, well. That was that. <laughs> but with with Mayhem, like there's a goal and that goal is achieved and you have great characters, great one lines. The music is fantastic. It's a great mix of synth. And I mean, Joe Lynch is a huge metalhead. So there's random metal tracks thrown in there. Oh, OK. I'm, I'm interested now. You really piqued my interest. It's it's, it's fantastic. Uh, the main character I can't remember his name, but it's played by the uh, the guy that played Glenn in The Walking Dead. He is phenomenal. He has an obsession with the Dave Matthews band, so, so like he's trying to Weird. he's trying to convince the chick from the Babysitter that Dave Matthews band is great. So like they throw it on while they're killing people. Like like it's <laughs> it's it's fun, and that's what I wanted the Belko experiment to be. The Belko experiment to me was not fun. Um, Mayhem was a lot of. And fun. And real quick before you move on to the other two movies. Um, Feel free to check out our parent podcast, Geekscape.net, for actually a really good hour-long interview that Jonathan did with Joe Lynch to promote Mayhem, because he gives a lot of cool insight on, like, you know, what it was like making this movie while simultaneously his friend was producing Bilko Experiment. Um, So it's a very kind of cool, like, (laughs) him being self-aware and acknowledging, like, yeah, no, we kind of made the same movie, but they're very different movies. 
Yeah, very, very different. I think the only similarities are they're set in office buildings with a lot of people and there's death. So um, the second thing I watched this week was Goon 2, uh, Last of the Enforcers. And I've almost watched that a couple times. Is it worth watching? Um, It is worth watching if you're a fan of the first one. It is not as good as the first one. It has its moments. Um, We were talking about uh, before the podcast about how it's much less about hockey. And uh, that's that's kind of how I feel as well. Most of the movie actually (laughs) takes place. um, So when these hockey players retire, you have uh, Leave Schreiber's character. Uh, He now um, skates in an abandoned. It's not an abandoned hockey rink, but after hours, uh, everybody gets together and they have fights in the hockey rink. And it's kind of run like a tournament style. So everybody that retires just goes here and fights and makes money doing that. So we spend more time at this after hours hockey rink than in the actual like hockey league and dealing with the team. Um, I will say my highlight is Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. He plays uh, Anders Kane. And I've loved pretty much everything he's been in. He's been in that uh, Everybody Wants Some which was the oh, I still haven't seen that quote unquote. Yeah, it's like the quote unquote follow up to Dazed and Confused, <laughs> but in the eighties. Um, but I love that, so I would definitely recommend it. It's not as like it's not as great as the first one because I love Goon. I think Goon is fantastic, but it's definitely worth a watch if you enjoy those characters and kind of want to see what they're up to. All right, and the last one, the third thing I watched. Um, and it's it's kind of fucked me up since I've watched it. Like I haven't been in a good mood since is super dark times. I, and I've been um, seeing people talk it. about that on our Facebook page. So I I don't know what it is. I've heard that it's good. So I don't want to give too much away because I went into it not knowing anything about it. Um, the only way I can describe it is uh, Mean Creek. What? Uh, are you familiar I've with seen mean the trailer Creek? and I was interested, but mm-hmm. I haven't watched it because it looked like a movie that would put me in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically. Um, so for our listeners, it is mean Creek turned up to 11. Oof. So the, the thing with uh, mean Creek is, and this movie has been out since like the early two thousands. So sorry, I'm going to spoil it a little bit here. Mean Creek is a group of friends go out on a boat and this is really just a straightforward synopsis. They go out on a boat, um, and they invite this bully that's been teasing one of the kids and they're all out there. They're acting like they're friends with him and they're all out there to embarrass him, like pull a prank on him and shit goes wrong. He falls in the water and he dies. So the rest of the movie is the kids dealing with this. Should they tell somebody, should they not tell somebody and kind of just how that plays out. So this movie is that movie turned up to 11. Um, do not watch it if you're in a bad mood. Do not do not watch it. If you're looking for something up, uplifting, don't watch the properly named Super Dark Times. Okay. Is what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'll, I'll rock through mine real quick. Uh, I watched Phantasm 3 through 5 of Morgan. I'm sorry. We are never going to talk Ooh, about these movies. Jesus. You can, keep, you can keep asking, but man, that franchise should have just stopped it too. Um, that... You are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> but then I chilled, chilled, uh, cheered myself up by watching uh, the original 13 Ghosts, which is a fun movie. 
uh, from William Castle. Uh, but, yeah. th- but the thing that cheered me yeah, up the times. most was watching episode four of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. A pressing <laughs> engagement. Oh, All right, so go. this episode... <laughs> this episode opens with a scene straight out of Toxic Avenger as Jason is lifting a weight 1,009 times while a fat man counts as he's eating a sub with a side of fries and drinking a soda. He doesn't break the record, though, because Zach skateboards into Kimberly while she's blowing a giant bubblegum bubble. And yes, it's that 90s. Uh, the, the main villain in this episode is King Sphinx, who I actually remembered. Um and watching this is when I realized that Jason sounds like a young Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I also had to sit through five minutes of this garbage before the true stars of the show, sh- uh, the, st- the, the true stars of the show showed up, Bulk and Skull, because apparently Bulk has the person is the person who has the bench press record right now. Uh, but he's also so fat that his pants explode off of him, like exploded <laughs> off of him. Uh, <laughs> So I realized that I really need to make my text message noise, the Power Rangers pager sound again, because then I'll be cool. This is all super confusing because the Sphinx has like the power to wave his wings and then that somehow transports and demorphs Zack and Kim away from the battle. Uh, And Rita's plan is to single out Jason because that weak bitch can only lift weights 1,009 times. What a pussy. Um In general, this show is probably a super easy acting gig. Uh, does no one ever see these t- hundred foot kaiju monsters? Like, did the Power Rangers really need to go to the control center in order to find where Jason was? Um, apparently, they discover in this episode that they have power crystals that have been inside of them all along, which makes me hope that this show is just a hundred episodes of them discovering all the things and powers that Zordon failed to tell them in the first episode. Um the soundtrack to every one of these episodes is an eight minute guitar solo over a shitty electronic drum set. So it's basically all of Buckethead's discography. Um, like, oh, oh my God. Uh, five minutes into every 18 minute ep- or five minutes in every 18 minute episode is the same footage of the Zords transforming. Uh, I still don't get the mechanisms of how Megazord works or how their seats all morph into one spot in the head of the robot. But the Sphinx laughs like Jester from Puppet Master, so who cares? I think my dogs are judging me for watching this. But eventually, Jason breaks the record, so he's not a little bitch anymore. Uh, And there is... Actually, I left... I, I had a moment where something happened in the episode, and I was like, oh, come on. And then there was like a joke written in there for it. But uh, Jason breaks the, the bench pressing record, and then this guy immediately starts wheeling in a cake. And I'm like, oh, come on. He had a cake ready? And then they're like, and they're like, happy birthday, mom. And he's like, I don't know what you wanted from me. It's last second. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, they factored that in. And then Bulk and Skull show up and fall into the cake, and the episode ends. Uh, so <laughs> God damn. That show is awful. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. But uh, my dogs had every right of staring at me judgmentally. But uh, they didn't stare at me judgmentally when I watched Killer Party from 1986 as picked by Scott on this week's episode of Horror Movie Night. Thank you again, Dylan, for checking us out. Please come and check out his writing at iconversusicon.com. You can find all the different writings that he does, all the movie reviews, all the lists, all that good jazz. Dylan, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to hang out with you in Monster Mania, which will ironically be after this episode comes out, but whatever. Uh, Don't forget that you can contact us on all of our different social media forms. I've been really 
tackling the Twitter account more. So at HMN podcast is a good way to contact us. Also visiting the Facebook page. That's like really the mecca of everything. And then rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Why don't you? It'll be a fun time. Come on, do it. But that is it. We will be back next week with yet another movie. And uh, man, it's really been bugging me to talk about this movie. So I hope that (laughs) that, uh, you guys enjoy it. We'll be back next week. Network.